I've kidnapped my dad. If you want him on the podcast, it'll be two kittens and a robot. Are we clear? All right, let's do this thing. All right, so Gunner, as as you could tell, we we have a another special guest. You wouldn't you wouldn't believe who it is that we have this week. I just, I can't believe he got one of the guinea pigs into into the chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, this week uh, Lauren's on spring break, so we were able to uh, snag her away from relaxing to uh, get her on the show. Awesome. Welcome back to the show, Lauren. Awesome. Thanks. It's good to be back. Yeah. So so what? How is spring break? Spring break's been going pretty good. It's basically been a combination of kittens and robots, although not the ones that I demanded at the beginning of the podcast. I'm actually fostering two kittens for my friends this week, and they are absolutely adorable. They fell asleep on me for an hour last night and just too cute. And then a lot of robotics practices in preparation for our competition on Thursday. Oh, that's great. I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to, to hear more about that. And, and I can vouch for how cute the kittens were. We, we were on video before, uh, before we started recording, and they are uh, textbook kitten cute. Um, really well done. Well chosen on, yeah, the, on have, the kitten front. I have pictures I can provide for. Yeah, we'll put them in the, uh, we'll put them in the, uh, in the show notes. That's great. And, and so Dave, where, where can we find the show notes for this episode? Lauren, where, where can we find the, the show notes? DGshow.org. Mm-hmm. So, Lauren, I want to hear all about this uh, robotics competition. Uh, I know that you had done something similar last year. Uh, you, d- you did it again uh, this week or last week, actually. And I want to hear all about it. Uh, so, uh, where do you want to start? Uh, tell me about uh, tell me it's first is what it's called, right? Yep, it's first. Which is, it's actually an acronym. It's for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology. It's a bit of a mouthful. And the program <laughs> that I I'm in is called FRC, which is First Robotics Competition. And my team is Team 2399, The Fighting Unicorns. And the link to our website is in the show notes in case you want to check it out because we have an awesome logo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's like if you like unicorns and uh, hot pink and electric blue, that's like the... It uni- is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So, the, so this organization, First, is... I imagine it sounds like they do a bunch of other stuff besides just the robotics competition. Right, is that right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different stuff besides FRC. There's FTC, FLL, FLL Junior. They have a whole bunch of different programs for all sorts of different age ranges. Yeah, it's it's robotics focused though, right? So you start yeah. off for the like grade school kids. You you do first Lego League or FLL Junior, where it's like you have Lego bricks, and then when you get to, then you graduate to higher grades, and then uh, the robots get bigger and more complex. Yeah, and dangerous. <laughs> and and now now we're at the this is sort of like the this is like the the big leagues for the high school kids with uh, FRC where that's instead of using Lego bricks they're using they're bending metal they're cutting stuff it's like it's like dangerous. real live yeah. robots not just Lego bricks anymore it's like big stuff and it that could actually kill you like like the <laughs> kicker from last year is yeah. like if you got your head in the wrong place you would not have a head anymore yeah just so you know, <laughs> It, it it's yeah <laughs> you got to be careful that's yeah. great that's great so what was the uh so every year is a different challenge right so what was the what yep. was the challenge this year this year the challenge is called recycle rush and basically it's moving around like totes basically like big plastic bins and then sort of like recycling bins and moving 
those two things around, well, multiple copies of those two things on the field around and stacking them to earn points. Okay, and so this is, it's like a timed thing, or is it? Is yeah, it kind of, yeah. Okay. The, the build season is six weeks, so from you get the challenge to, like, midnight, six weeks to the day after you get the challenge, and then you have that, you have six weeks to build, design, test, program, test, <laughs> smell magic smoke, test, <laughs> and program, right. before you put it in a giant plastic bag and then wait to take it to competition. Oh, okay. And so how do, so do you select your own teams? Is it like done by school or is it just like friends of yours or how, how does that work? I have a robotics team at my school mm-hmm. and I basically, I'm just like, there's a robotics team here. I need to be on it now. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what, so there's different ones where it's mostly what it's, it's, uh, each high school has a different team mm-hmm. and then, and there's some that like collaborate. Yeah. To form a team. So where, so where do you start? Do they tell you which parts to use, or do they tell you what kind of software to use, or is it completely up to you? Um, how, how does that work? Well, how it works is at kickoff, or like the beginning event where you, fig- where you find out the game and the competition and the challenge, you get a kit of parts, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds. It's just stuff like a drive, like stuff to make a drivetrain, stuff to just basic electrical stuff and then they do have some programming stuff most of the programming stuff is just online where you have to like follow the first blog to make sure that you're up to date on stuff okay but a lot of people use the kit of parts some people don't some people use a part of the kit of parts other people don't it's really just kind of up to the team and what they design for the robot but everyone starts out with the same materials and then as the season progresses teams build all sorts of crazy things yeah and and so like for first lego league they you were only allowed to use the lego bricks they give you and the the computer they give you and all that whereas for frc it's whatever you want it it just has to be a certain size and below 120 pounds also like there's some stuff in the rule book like you can't have a rookie powered air cannon we tried (laughs) that once it was floated at kickoff as just crazy ideas Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so well, that's interesting. So, does that mean that um, is there any control on like how much money you're allowed to spend on it, or like is there a thing where like the like the rich schools always have the nicest robots? That that's kind of actually not true. You get sponsors. You can get sponsors from the community and from all sorts of places. Like some people, okay. like schools sponsor parents. You can like give money, but mm-hmm. it's really just a matter of what you do with what you have like there's some teams that don't have a lot of money that there was like this one team from west virginia that had six people and at the greater pittsburgh regional they were in like the final match and actually i think they ended up winning the competition Hmm. oh okay okay but they they, i do believe that there are dollar value limits on certain components yeah like you can't can't get like a jet engine or (laughs) flux capacitor you can't like you can't mail order a robot it doesn't really work like that (laughs) yeah Yeah. order something from japan and yeah 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 yeah. right right it's done yeah okay okay oh that's easy okay so the hardware stuff i mean so presumably there are adults to teach you how to bend metal and yes, uh, there are, do the there electrical are adults. stuff and okay right yeah. and so um but I, I think i'm mostly curious about the the software part of this because I'll, I'll be honest with you i've never i've never played with this stuff and the and whenever i look at um 
the software you use to run robots, I'm just completely stymied. Like I have no idea even where to start. Right. Um, so how do you, how do you teach yourself how all these different software components work and how do you stitch them together? Um, do, do they give you any help with that or you're kind of um, left up to you? They, there's this giant resource that's called the WPI and it's basically a giant hunk of documentation and they have like example code they have like templates for robots that you can use as example code. Like I did with the team's camera this year because I hadn't worked cameras before. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of different stuff that you can use. And some of it's well documented. I mean, most of it has documentation. Some of it, it's a matter of how well you use the documentation and if you need to see an example to understand how something is going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's when the robot templates come in handy. And also there's like you can get help from other teams. There's a website called Chief Delphi mm-hmm. and it's basically a giant first forum where people ask and answer questions about everything from like rumors about next year's game to help our robot just decided to die. What's going on? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's kind of, yeah. that's, that's neat that, it, that they kind of encourage the team. The teams are competing with each other, but, um, but you're also kind of collaborating behind the scenes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. One of the main principles of FIRST is what's called cooperation. Mm-hmm. It's basically a mashup of the words cooperation and competition. So basically it just means friendly competition. Mm-hmm. Like you um, you play together well on the field and you help each other out in the pits. Yeah. And you also like programming-wise too, to, to go into that a little bit more detail. So WPI it's, was a Worcester Polytechnic Institute. Um, that, that university comes up with the, the libraries that will talk to um, the robot brain, uh, which is it's a what a Robo Rio from National Instruments, yeah. right? That runs Linux. It runs Linux, and it makes me very very happy. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's and then your choices of programming environments are what LabVIEW, and then Eclipse. Well, you use yeah, and then you use you, Eclipse with then, Java. Or yeah, C++. Java and C My team uses Java, so we use Eclipse, and then you can also use C and Eclipse, and then you use LabVIEW and LabVIEW. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you basically what we did early on in the season is we got the students with uh, um, Eclipse installed, and then we got the the Java, uh, Java installed and the Java libraries installed, and then uh, basically the push code down there's to the a robot. bunch of updates that you get from first every year because there's like the 2015 update suite, and then even if you so everyone has to go through and like download a bunch of stuff onto their computers so it'll work with the 2015 software. Got it. Got it. And so, and so different people have different skills on the team. I, I presume there's mm-hmm. like, there, there, you have like an electrical person and yeah, a the, developer person. And the team like is that. divided into four main teams, the mechanical, electrical, programming, and business. The first three kind of speak for themselves, but the last one, the business subteam, basically is in charge of fundraising and making sure that we don't spend too much money on pizza. Right, right. That's an that's an important job. That's a very important job. Um, okay, so so walk me through. You've only got what six weeks to to get all this together, right? So you have your uh, uh, so you have your kind of like uh, League of Justice uh, set of developers. You have all these fighting unicorns in a room. You have a big box of tools in front of you. Um, you've got a bunch of software that's presumably well documented by WPI. Um, so where do you start from there? Like how, what's your kind of creative process? The design process is basically the first day or so. It's just throwing out the craziest ideas possible. 
-hmm. It's just like the wackiest things you can imagine. Like one of them was attaching a small leaf blower to the robot to blow away the pool noodles that are on the field. (laughs) Yeah, that one was actually tested as something that could be valid, but then weight concerns happened and we couldn't do that. Right, right. So basically what we do is we throw out the wackiest ideas possible and then we think, okay, so out of all these crazy ideas, what might we be able to actually use? And then we go and we prototype, we just rapid prototype a couple of ideas, and then we just eventually by the end of the first week we have a final design that we like, and then we start building the robot, and then, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) It it reminds me a lot of like Apollo 13, where it's like you get this mission of something you got to accomplish, and it's this big scramble to get it going. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so, how and so, how do you know how much time to devote to the kind of prototyping, like creative process, and then because you still got to leave enough time for you for yourself to, I mean, a prototype the stuff, but then also like finalize the designs and then refine it, right? So, how do you budget that time, um, or do you not know until you kind of get into it? Honestly, it's kind of trial and error because mm-hmm. we just sort of see. If we get a couple of good ideas for prototypes right away, then we go straight into prototyping because we have a really good idea. If we don't come up with a good idea right away, then we take some more time to think, and then we go and prototype stuff. And it's it's really just a matter of trial and error to figure out what we're going to do. And it kind of depends on the game as well because the different challenges require different aspects of the robot to be in certain ways. So. Oh, I gotcha. So, and, and was there any, like, tension on the team? Like, was there... Uh, were there like two competing designs and you guys had to vote on which one you were going to go with or was it kind of obvious through the through the process like which one was going to be the winner in the beginning there were two sort of competing designs and then after and then when we got to prototyping it it was pretty clear that the one had a lot of moving parts and just wasn't really gonna work for us so we ended up using the other one and complexity i think is one of the biggest time sinks that you could run into with you know because the time is so short and if you have a really complicated design where it's problematic all the time and you spend all the time troubleshooting it's it's not good where this year i think that the design they came up with was uh very simple and so it's there are so many repeatable things on there which allowed them to focus more on doing refinements instead of like fixing the the core things to get them to work in the first place. Okay. And so Dave, what are you doing during this whole thing? I'm kind of imagining you uh, sitting in a set of high school bleachers, uh, kind of holding up, a, <laughs> holding up a go Lauren sign. Is that, yeah. Is with the... a, wearing a unicorn shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there are, uh, so there are mentors on the team and I've been helping out as a programming mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is like with, with our team, the, the lead mentor, um, his philosophy is to try to be as hands off as possible and make sure the the girls don't hurt themselves, mm-hmm. um, but let them drive the bus as far as what the decisions are. And he's more of a facilitator, so that if things start going totally sideways, he'll step in. But but he does step back and let people make their own mistakes. Where I've seen other teams, like when we were at the Pittsburgh competition, it was sad. I I walked through the pit and there was like um, there's like four. Uh, parents, uh, four guys in the pit, no students at all, and all four of these guys were working on a robot, drilling holes, all that, with no students around. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it to me that just totally undermines the whole purpose of doing this. And and if a judge would have seen that, they would have been actually disqualified for 
like winning certain awards and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I had a similar experience with the, uh, was it those the Pine Car Derbies? Um, yeah. Yeah, the Pinewood Derbies, like in, in Boy Scouts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, they lose scope of, of why they're there, and it's more about winning the competition at yeah. all costs. Yeah, yeah. Get, out, get out of there, old man. You get your own robot competition. You can, yeah, they, yeah, they need like an over 50 uh, <laughs> uh, league. Yeah. The senior division. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> senior division, yeah, right. Um, okay, so okay, so you're at the end of your six-week cycle. Um, you've got the best robot you think you could possibly build. Uh, so, and then you go to competition, right? So have you, I guess it's gotta be kind of intimidating. Um, kind Actually, of, I'm imagining like a karate kid kind of a thing where you like walk into like a big auditorium and there's a bunch of like really intimidating robot teams walking around. Is that, is that what's going on or? Actually, um, there's a bit of a break in between stop build and competition. Mm-hmm. In, in that time, we usually build a practice robot for the programmers to test and the drivers to get more practice driving. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of our work on the practice bot that we want to transfer over to the actual robot in in competition. And to answer your question about competition, the first day, pretty much everyone is running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Because right. everyone's trying to unpack all of their tools, unbag the robot, get the robot inspected, get modifications made. Just go, 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 go kind mm-hmm. of mode. It's mm-hmm. it's very much like a NAS, NASCAR pit crew um, and, and also, the other thing is, that like, before you seal the robot up, then, then when they say bag the robot, that is, like, during stop build, it's like the honor system where you, you actually wrap it in a gigantic bag, you tie it up, you sign it and date it that it was like, hey, it was sealed on this date and you didn't break the seal. Mm-hmm. And then the judges that inspect it will verify that the seal hasn't been broken and all that. Um, but what the teams can do is they call it withholding. So they can withhold so many pounds of robot that like it has to be under 120 pounds but they could with, withhold i think something like 40 pounds 30, 30 pounds yeah and of a robot to be able to to do other you know like so there may be a component that doesn't work right or something mm-hmm. so they could actually withhold that and then continue to work on that component and then come competition time be able to swap uh, or be able to add that 30 pounds back on oh i see okay and so that's like uh uh, so that's meant as like a buffer or kind of a take back, right? Um, yeah, so right. it's basically okay. like if this thing isn't working, you can keep working on it and not be like frantically trying to get your robot to work in the pits. And the pits are actually 10 foot by 10 foot squares mm-hmm. for each of the teams. And it's completely crowded. Yeah, You have half a machine shop, a robot, and a bunch of kids all, mm-hmm. in, the, all in this 10 by 10 square. And it's just intense yeah all that all that and so uh, you know I, I'm, n- I'm now really intrigued by this idea of, of withholding the 30 pounds because i'm kind of imagining i don't know what this says about me but i'm imagining like uh like building an entire robot and then at the last second right before competition like adding a laser to it right like um yeah. you know like being having a, like a big reveal right um i said is it do people use it in that way as like a as like a competitive thing or is it really just uh, uh to kind of buy yourself extra time with a particular component Sometimes it's a competitive thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times pe- teams will post robot reveal videos. So people already can look at and see what their robot looks like. So there's not much point in withholding stuff for like a grand reveal. Right. Sometimes teams will like take off parts that are a bit too complicated or too expensive to replicate for a practice robot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll take stuff that just plain old needs worked on. Right, right, right. Okay, that makes sense. 
Uh, okay, so it's game day. Um, you're, everybody unbags their robot. Is there like a ceremony around that? Um, or is it uh, kind of as hasty and frantic as, as the rest of the process? You know how in movies there's in like famous epic battle scenes there's always like one person kind of leading the charge and there's a lot of epic like sounding screaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's basically that. It's <laughs> a bunch of geeks. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Everyone's trying to run and find their pit and find their robot and get started and get going and just go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although not quite as much screaming and. Or blood. Like, or yeah. blood or... Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so, no, so no fatalities this year. So that's good. that was good. That was good. Um, okay, so so the competition lasts how long? Like, do you have... Do you have a, is it time bound at all? Or is it... it? The matches are 120 seconds long. Each match is comprised of three robots on a team, two teams. So six robots total on the field. There's a... 15 second autonomous period where the robots operate according to pre-programmed instructions that are three laws safe. <laughs> and and how are they, how are they, how do, how are they certified three laws safe? Is it just honor system or do they have like, <laughs> do they have like Arthur C. Clarke come in and, and, and yeah. certify you or how does that work? <laughs> yeah. The ghost of Asimov. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> comes yeah. in and has yeah, a ceremony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just general. The autonomous mode happens and you can get points for doing different actions during the autonomous period. Mm-hmm. And then and, and that's a real test of the programming team. Mm-hmm. Because autonomous is one of the most difficult things to do. It's like trying to drive a car blindfolded and with oven mitts on and you can't really like tell what you're doing. Right. Well, and also it's you, you don't even have oven you're trying to drive an autonomous car. I think is a better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is yeah, exactly what's mind. happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so is the so in that autonomous mode you have I, so I guess they give you opportunities to accomplish certain tasks um, but and you mentioned earlier that this year you added a camera so what was the role of the camera on your on your robot this year The camera is actually not on the isn't actually on the real robot yet because it was just something that we added into the programming to the, uh, to the practice bot oh, okay and we noticed that during our competition we were having trouble aligning to pick up totes so what we did was we just added a camera to the front of the robot that pointed down so the drivers could see where they were aligning and how, to, and how they were aligning to pick up totes better. Right, right. Okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, so we, so, okay, so we're finished with the autonomous portion, and that's what, what did you say? That was 15 seconds? Mm-hmm. I believe it's 15 or 20 seconds. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And so, and then what happens? And then you go into the teleop period where drivers can actually like physically drive their robots with joysticks or telepathy or whatever they use. <laughs> and were, were there any, were there any telepathic entrants this year? Um, I can't imagine any. <laughs> Asimov. Yeah. Asimov. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I t- that surprised me. So you've got two whole minutes, 120 seconds and 15 seconds for autonomous activity is not a lot of time. So is it, do you it's have to, not. so do you have to make decisions on like, are some tasks worth more points than others? It's more of a function of what you know your robot can do. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, our robot is pretty good at driving backwards for three rotations of the encoders on the wheels. Mm-hmm. And it can do that in about in less than 15 seconds. So it's more of a, all right, well, what's the next level? Can we pick up a tote and go back into the autonomous zone? Oh, okay. 
Okay. Oh, so por- so a portion of the of the field is kind of cordoned off as like this is where the autonomous stuff is going to happen. It's more of if you want to get points for actions that happen during the autonomous period, this mm-hmm. is where you need to be. Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah. then it's just part of the field in regular gameplay. Yeah. So so you start off in one place, and then to get points, you got to move to a different place, and all three teams on your like all three teams on the same alliance have to have the exact same thing happen so the thing that breaks my heart is the lawrence team autonomous code is so solid it is it works like clockwork but you need to have all three teams do it to get any points so if if one team Uh, just like oh i stink at autonomous i'm not even going to try you you get no points it's not Uh, necessarily an i stink at autonomous kind of thing it's more of just a it took me a long time to program the rest of the robot, but yeah, I didn't get the chance to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do it, but we're queuing up for a match. I can't exactly load code onto my robot right now, right. Yeah, right. let alone write it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you just kind of have to deal with what you can do and sort of show off your autonomous mode to other teams so when scouting happens, they can see that you have a solid autonomous mode. Got yeah. it. Yeah, and all, you almost... Like part of it, I think you almost need to be an economist to figure out with all the game theory of how to maximize the points and you know what behaviors do you want to do because you if you could spend a lot of time doing something that may not result in points, um, and and it's a lot of negotiation even with the other team to do like competi- uh, cooperation points mm-hmm. and and if they don't do it, it then it, you're out forty points. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like you both have to agree that you're going to do it and if one decides not to do it that kind of stinks after they they kind of tell you that they would cooperation is when there's these bright yellow totes and you have to move them onto a platform in the middle of the field and there's three totes per side so you have to work together to get 40 points so both both alliances have to work to have to work together to get the cooperation points yeah you got to get four of the yellow totes stacked and one team has, both teams have to provide at least one of the totes. So you could do like three and one or two and two, and and you got to get a stack of four of them. And so somebody could spend all kind of time getting like three totes all perfectly stacked up, put them in the middle. Um, but if the other team doesn't put that fourth one on top, neither side gets forty points. Oh, okay. And that's really important because this year, the rankings are based on average score. So. Your scores are just averaged, and that's how your ranking is determined. So an extra 40 points can actually boost your ranking, even if you only actually scored, like, four points in teleop mode. You would still get a boost in the rankings. Yeah, it's huge. Like, the average score is probably, like, 80 points. So, like, if you can get 40, like, it's it's basically the 40 points is table stakes if you really want to make it into the finals. Right. And so so do, uh, given given that it's really interesting, like, this kind of alliance dynamic... Um, does that encourage different teams to specialize in certain tasks? Um, or is it just everybody has to have kind of a, uh, a generally good robot in order for it to succeed? It depends. Alliances change every single time the matches are played. Oh, so you okay. can be with one team for one match and against one team the next, and against that team the next match. Mm-hmm. So it really just kind of depends on what you want your robot to do. Last year, there was some defensive robots, and then but this year, there aren't any because there's no defense to be played. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, so here, what what they'll do is they have like a scouting team that will go out and almost like the 
like the college football scouts or pro football scouts that are looking at the, you know they're looking to see what the other teams are good at or weak at and then what will happen is like for the next match Lauren's team captain or or a driver team or whatever would go to the other two teams saying that hey we're really good at this part what what parts are you good at and then they could that their alliance can optimize for certain things. So it's like, hey, I'm really good at stacking stuff. Well, I'm really good at autonomous. And and so you, you figure out what your strategy is. And and what you'll do is you'll delegate to one of your alliance mates to do what they're great at, and you work on what you're good at, and you try to stay out of each other's way. I see. Okay, so there is like a, you're right, there's like a definitely a game theory aspect to this. Um, yeah. That's really It's a lot more complex than you would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like it. So... Uh, so how did you do? At our last competition, the Greater Pittsburgh Regional, we didn't end up going into the um, alliance matches or any of the semifinals or quarterfinals or anything like that, but we did win the Engineering Inspiration Award. Nice. Which qualifies us for World Championships in St. Louis. Excellent. Oh, that's and great. That's like the holy grail of robotics, like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. Like my team has been around since 2008 and we've never gone to worlds. Wow. How cool. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So this, that in St. Louis, it's where the St. Louis Rams play like on that, in that stadium, that's where it's held. So wow. yeah. And so you can imagine it's like eight separate. So instead of there being one, like in Pittsburgh, there was one field um, in a world championship, I believe there's eight fields going on simultaneously on the football field. Wow. Uh, so do you know who else is competing? Like, uh, or, or are there some, like, are there some hot tickets, uh, for the St. Louis event? So wagering. Yeah. Is that um, you're at? Well, if you're starting up a betting pool, yeah. I would recommend. No, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know who all is registered. Mm-hmm. They don't, put out the list until I believe a week after week six competitions okay. because that's the registration deadline for people who qualified during week six events. Ah, I got There's okay. of competition following the six weeks of build. Okay. Okay. And is it the, uh, and is it the same set of rules, um, for everybody who like for everybody who made it into the semifinals or, or what have you is, um, basically, are you going to be playing the same game, uh, when you get yep. to St. Louis? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's the same game. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, how cool. Okay, so uh, so yes, congratulations. Um, so what's next? Uh, you, you guys are still meeting every weekend? Weekend, weekdays. We're actually, oh. this this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're going to be at the Woolsteam Center in Cleveland competing in the Buckeye Regional. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, we're, I'm really, personally, I'm really, really excited for it because this is sort of our home regional, aka we don't have to like drive 10 hours to get to competition. <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> that's great. And so I, and so you'll see, so you've been to this event in the past, like you'll, you'll see. Yeah. Other we went teams there last year. Seen. Okay. It's so like you, the, you, you see other teams that you're familiar with. It's almost like family reunion meets tech conference meets high school. <laughs> that's great. That's it's great. just sort of like a big mashup of high school geeks all being like, oh my gosh, how you been? What's your robot like this year? Hey girl, hey, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So um, if folks wanted to, uh, if folks wanted to see how you guys did or if folks wanted to follow on uh, with the with the Buckeye Regionals uh, this weekend, where, where can they go for that? There's a live stream that will be going on for the Buckeye competition. I don't have the link. We'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, the link will it's, be in the... It's like the Blue Alliance uh, does, does the stream. Yeah, the yeah. link will be in the show notes. And then 
our robotics team actually has a Twitter at HBRobotics2399. And we post competition updates there, and you can tweet us. Cool. So. Well, there's great. also, you know, what's funny, too, is that with the live streaming, I've, I'm, I know I missed the one uh, when they were in Chicago. So I, would, I was watching it uh, from home, and I'm, like, screaming at my computer monitor and cheering <laughs> for them and everything. Yeah. My grandparents are actually coming up from Pennsylvania to Ohio to see the competition in person. Oh, how cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's oh, that's a great. lot of fun. It's like... It's just screaming, dancing, robots. It's just more fun than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And so, um, so Lauren, I got one last. I got one last question here for you. Um, if somebody has, has listened to the last thirty minutes of this podcast, um, they are probably getting pretty excited about uh, joining their own robotics league. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who wants to get started? Um, do you have any kind of websites they should visit or kind of groups they should join? Well, posting on Chief Delphi saying, hey, I'm new to this. I'm looking for a team. Is there anyone near where I live? Also, Googling first teams in my area, there'll be links will pop up. Mm-hmm. People are really eager and really welcoming to join and mentor for, for new mentors to join and also for new kids to join. It's a giant family, pretty much. I mean, you kind of it's pretty much impossible not to have made the best friends of your life after spending like 20 hours a week just working on robots and then a 54 hour working weekend just working on robots. Yeah. You, you right. build, you build these really strong relationships like within your team and, and even like Lauren, you're, you've been helping out other teams too, right? Yeah. Where there's Ch- chief Delphi and, and local teams. Yeah. I'm actually, I actually help out team four seven eighty a lot because they lost all of their seniors and a lot of other people on the robotics team, they went from 30 people to six people with three rookies. So wow. they could, re- they really needed a lot of help getting back up on their feet and getting their robot up and running. So the, so someone else from my team and I have been helping them out with programming and mechanical stuff. That's great. I really like the, I really like this and I'm getting a sense just to hearing you talk about it. I'm really getting the sense of, of community that builds up around these competitions, which I think it's, is really, really wonderful. That's got to make it a lot more rewarding than just building the robot. It's really, it's not just a, it's not just a rope competition. It's a family. It's just a giant extended family of, from people all over the world coming to compete in the name of robots and the love of technology. And it's an incredible experience. That's wonderful. That's something really special. Um, well, Lauren, you should be very proud um, of everything you. that you've uh, everything that you've done. Um, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, and so I'm really impressed uh, that you've uh, not just done it this year, but you've been doing it. Uh, you know, you've been doing this kind of work for for years. Um, yeah, you should uh, uh, you should be really proud of what you've done. So nice work. Thank you. So, uh, so Lauren, if folks want links, uh, to, uh, links to the website, if they want links to, uh, your team's Twitter account and so forth, uh, what, what website should they go to? They should go to dgshow.org. Nice. Um, David, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for letting us uh, interview your daughter. That was great. Yeah, no, it was my, my pleasure. And thank you, Lauren. And thank yeah. you, Gunnar. For, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's good right. stuff. Okay. Um, well, we'll see everybody next week. Yep. Bye yep. everybody. Bye guys. Thank you.